0: Good day, listeners, friends. Today we get to speak with the awesome Governor Doug Burgum from North Dakota. Very excited to get to talk with him today. And we don't have too much time because he is very busy. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. And uh, let's hear about the energy industry in North Dakota as it is right now. I know there's been lots and lots of changes. You've been um, putting forth executive orders. What have you been going through for the last month?
1: Well, Jenica, first of all, great to be with you. And thanks for all the great uh, work that you do on uh, porting on such an important industry. And as you know, you and your listeners have been following. But, you know, we started out uh, back in January with President Biden coming in and indicating through his uh, inauguration address that he was uh, wanting to talk about unity. And then what did we get the first couple of weeks as we have uh, more uh, executive orders than any president in history, uh, more than double the Obama administration, uh, including some that had a direct impact on uh, things that are important to all of us, uh, including American energy security. So it's been an interesting uh, last month. For sure. And then uh, you throw on top of that everything that's happening right now across the power grid in the United States. Uh, Certainly uh, certainly a lot of challenges, a lot of headwinds for the energy industry. And we're doing everything we can in North Dakota to fight back against that and make sure that we're fighting for, uh, again, for American jobs, American manufacturing, for appropriately priced uh, gas at the tank to help hardworking American families and everything we can to help keep our economy strong and our country strong.
0: Oh, absolutely. And so, okay, so with these executive orders, it actually appeared to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it appeared to me that North Dakota was actually the first state to uh, adopt kind of a way to bypass orders that had been found to be unconstitutional or to have a detrimental impact on the economy.
1: Well, there's there's been uh, multiple things going. Our office right away we we issued an executive order from our office instructing all of the agencies in the state of North Dakota to start evaluating the impact of the Biden uh, federal you know rule changes and executive orders, and so we can really understand what that's going to mean in terms of uh, to you know jobs and American energy security. Uh, and then secondarily, I think what you're referring to is there has been a proposal in our legislature that's working its way through, uh, but that has not yet been uh, passed mm. or reached my desk okay. yet.
0: Uh, well, I, actually, I would be I would be curious to hear more about that. I, I was talking about the uh, the executive order that you had put out on February 2nd or 3rd directing the agencies to look into the uh, executive orders from the Biden administration um, was what I had actually been referring to, but what legislation were you just noting if I might ask
1: well there there well there's a uh, we'll, we'll see if it makes it through uh, both chambers but there was uh, some discussion among legislators about trying to uh, introduce legislation uh, that would uh, <clears throat> allow the state to be able to reject uh, some federal rules and uh, and again I, I think there'll be a, a healthy debate healthy debate about that but I think other states are looking at as well but it will come down to a a, uh, you know, the fundamental decision and philosophy about states' rights versus the federal government. And here in North Dakota, we understand that the states created the federal government, not the other way around. And we think that there's uh, states that have should have the opportunity to regulate their industries. And you know, no one's going to care more about the clean air and clean water in our state than the people that live here. And and so uh, we'll continue always to be fighting for states' rights relative to uh, federal rules because uh, most of the federal you know one size fits all rules uh, just don't work. Including you know one of the executive orders was a ban on on uh, issuing additional permits on federal land. And and of course uh, you know I'm sure there may be some people that think uh, something like that is a uh, you know going to be saving a swath of you know pristine uh, untouched Arctic land where nobody you know sets foot but the fact in North Dakota the federal land is scattered and in a traditional two-section spacing unit so you might have 1,280 acres in a spacing unit in North Dakota if you had 10 acres of federal land in there they could potentially block additional development on that and uh, you know we think we know for North Dakota that that represents uh, tens of thousands of jobs and hundreds of millions of dollars of, of tax revenue and that tax revenue of course goes to pay for roads and schools and hospitals and all the things that uh that we all essential infrastructure that we need in our state so you know we're going to make sure that we're fighting hard against uh, federal overreach in cases like this where it has an impact on private mineral owners private landowners uh, and you know, communities in the state.
0: well, and that'll be a really interesting uh, discussion to hear. I was actually wondering if there might be anything coming about. So just to make sure, just to uh, clarify, make sure i ha- I have this right, essentially what what you're waiting to to see, what the co- conversation is waiting to come is not specifically about the executive orders, but uh, federal overreach in general and the sovereignty of the state itself, yeah.
1: Well, both of those things. I mean, I think the general category is uh, the federal overreach, but specifically we're going to be examining each of the each of the federal uh, executive orders from the Biden administration and trying to assess the in- impact of each of them so we can be um, you know, articulate and precise and help educate the administration about the uh, perhaps the uh, unintended effects of of some of these. Some of these orders, because if they're all couched under the idea that that somehow shutting down the American energy industry is going to help emissions, that's also a policy that doesn't work because nobody produces energy cleaner and more efficiently than than the American energy industry and so if we you know are shutting down whether it's a uh, you know base load electric production or oil and gas in our country you know we're, we're just pushing uh, it's not going to reduce the demand for for uh, energy in our country it just pushes those sources offshore to to uh, <clears throat> foreign sources uh, who wouldn't be producing that energy as cleanly as we are and you know we've been fighting really since world war ii as a country to achieve energy independence and energy security. And we finally achieved that uh, under the previous White House administration. And when we uh, uh, achieved that under President Trump, and we finally were in a position for the first time in my lifetime where we could sell energy to our friends and allies versus buy it from our enemies. Uh, which, you know, again, creates Im- incredible energy security and uh, geopolitical security for our country and saves the lives of soldiers that we've been sending to the Middle East for the last 30 or 40 years. We finally get to that point, And then in the first weeks of the Biden administration, we reverse that course and start uh, putting out <clears throat> executive orders. Uh, things that haven't even been vetted through, you know, Congress or having hearings, just executive orders to start, you know, shutting down uh, our energy industry here. And and again, this is uh, not only bad for the economy and bad for, for the U.S. in terms of our own uh, national security, it's also bad for emissions because pushing those energy production to foreign sources and then having to ship that energy to the United States is a uh, Bad, bad for global admission, So I don't see any element of this that makes sense uh, on any agenda. Uh, if you actually look at the facts,
0: right? Um, well, and and a lot, a lot of it really has changed and come to a standstill too. The the Keystone XL pipeline that's still at a standstill. Am I
1: correct? Well, yes. This is another thing which I think should be. Uh, you know, chilling to all Americans in every industry, not just uh, not just the energy industry, but the attack against uh, legally permitted infrastructure uh, is uh, going to ha- make it very difficult to raise capital. I mean, imagine if you're, you know, you're on uh, Wall Street and you're raising bonds to build uh, infrastructure, or you're a company and you're trying to sell stock uh, to investors uh, because you've got a plan on how you're going to build out essential infrastructure. And then in your risk disclosures, you have to say, well, these are the risks that we know that we face. Uh, we've ac- we've overcome all of those where we've got a project, uh, you know, say, like the Dakota Access Pipeline that's up and running uh, and operating safely. And among the, uh, the, you know, the most technologically advanced pipelines in the country. And then you have the opportunity to face, uh, uh, you know, action from administration that could shut it down after it's actually up and running. I mean, I don't know how, how we, you know, aggregate and put capital together for future infrastructure projects of any kind, you know, and maybe today it's a pipeline, but tomorrow maybe somebody decides they don't want a road or a railroad or an airport. Uh, <clears throat> and then they're, they, they end up blocking it after the thing is actually up and running. And so, so, uh, whether it's Keystone or Dakota Access, I think again, uh, the the uh, ideological interference with legally permitted uh, infrastructure projects is again a that's scary for the future of our uh, for our country. Well beyond, you know, well beyond even just the energy industry.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm sure there are many, many people that would, of course, agree with that. Um, I know that you'd mentioned it towards the beginning, too, with the recent weather and climate changes. Do you think that that's kind of highlighted any of the reasons for needing to keep our energy industry strong? why we might need to look into, you know, re-look into the reopening of the Keystone XL pipeline, Uh, maybe have other states look into what you've been doing to make sure that the Dakota Access pipeline stays open. I'm sure there's many people happy, thankful for that. Do you think that there might be changes based on what has been going on this last week?
1: Well, I I certainly think that what's happened in the last week and what's happening yet today is a wake-up call for our country. If you going to have uh, you know political <laughs> interference in in markets uh like we've seen uh with the subsidies that have been given to uh intermittent uh, energy sources uh versus the and then the uh, attack and the additional costs and regulations put on on what is would be considered the base load what we need for times like this Uh, the the baseload electrical power that is, that's, you know, sustainable and dispatchable and predictable in all weather conditions. Uh, You know, we've really got a set of policies, which has set us up, I mean, as the wealthiest, uh, strongest economy in the world. And then we've got an electrical grid that has got instability uh, due to weather because of Uh, ideological policy and again it just doesn't make sense when we're spending tens of billions of dollars to subsidize intermittent uh, energy and then the federal government is putting almost zero dollars into the research that would help solve uh, the carbon issues and we have there you know we believe in North Dakota and innovation not regulation and if you're trying to regulate industries Uh, like the baseload power industry, if you're trying to regulate that out of business, Uh, again, uh, thinking that you're going to do that to save emissions. What you're actually doing is, you know, again, putting at risk uh, Americans uh, during times like this. And then we're also not solving an emissions problem because, uh, you know, we've got China and India have, Uh, between them, close to a billion people that don't have electricity, they're going to continue to build uh, plants with older technology there. They're going to generate more emissions there than what we're shutting down in the U.S. And so we've actually gained nothing on the emissions front, where if we were investing in the R&D, and we're very close with carbon sequestration, the ability to take carbon right now is, I mean, I think, uh, you know, every school kid thinks that carbon is the devil element on the periodic table, when carbon is a key component of life. We know that carbon can be used in advanced uh, advanced material science. Uh, we know that carbon, uh, if a pure stream of it's pumped into a greenhouse, that plants can grow 30% or more faster. And so if we want to feed the world and solve the carbon problem, what we really need is innovation. And in North Dakota, we're investing in private and private public partnerships around these ideas around, around uh, carbon into greenhouses. We're investing in one of the largest carbon sequestration projects in the country. Uh, there's another one announced yesterday related to that. And so there is a, a lot of opportunity for us to solve emissions problems through innovation. Uh, regulation actually doesn't solve the problem and just raises will raise the cost of electricity for American that'll force for Americans that'll force manufacturing jobs back overseas again. Uh, and it's like a hidden tax on on every American. And then we also end up with, you know, grid instability uh, that we have right now. And so, again, there's, there's a path forward uh, to a future, uh, but it's going to involve innovation, not regulation.
0: How very exciting. That, that's some really interesting things to think of for uses for carbon. I know last week when I had the opportunity to speak with Governor Mark Gordon, he also mentioned, uh, you know, needing to be more innovative along the lines of, of, of what to do with the carbon capturing and, and utilizing the carbon that has been captured. I found that to be absolutely fascinating. So it kind of sounds like that's the direction that North Dakota is going to be taking it to, kind of utilizing the the technology that's already in place to make things More streamlined is that kind of what I'm hearing.
1: Well, absolutely, and 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 uh, uh, Mark Gordon's doing a great job in Wyoming. So always shout out to uh, Mark. But I I want to say here with our Energy and Environmental Research Center at the University of North Dakota and the private public partnerships we're doing uh, through one project called Project Tundra, we've actually got the largest scale carbon sequestration program. Uh, In the country, we've already got uh, pipelines where we're, you know, we're exporting carbon uh, from North Dakota up to Canada that they use in enhanced oil recovery up there in Alberta and their oil fields. And so we're we're well on our well on our way. But again, uh, you know, the federal government's sitting on the sidelines right now on this. And like I said, they're spending tens of billions of dollars providing tax breaks for intermittent power sources, which are. Uh, you know part of the issue we have with this grid instability and they're spending almost nothing uh, supporting the uh, innovation around around how do we actually you know uh, come up with solutions for uh, you know a carbon constrained future and how do we turn carbon into a value-added input uh, versus this uh, the disparagement that it's being getting right now
0: So, okay, so where do you how do you think uh, would be best then to move forward? Do you think that it's going to take more legal action to bring the federal government on board with the new innovations rather than fighting the energy industry? Or do you think it's going to be more of needing to educate the public further on what is actually happening in the energy industry? Because there's a lot of people that don't even realize how effective uh, the United States in general is at capturing carbon.
1: Well, I think it's uh, all of the above, Jenica. I think we have to continue to, you know, the industry and uh, government and different associations, everybody's got to continue to educate people. So we've got a broader understanding. But we also, again, have to uh, at the the state level and working with our congressional delegation, we got to continue to push back. On on federal policy, which is not really driven really more by ideology than it's driven by, uh, you know, the practical solutions we need to move forward in the decades ahead. And so I think it's going to be take both of those things, both education and and firm uh, political action.
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound like a terribly easy, easy road ahead. Lots of lots of things that could potentially go one way or another. Um, out of curiosity, I know that I'd seen that there were what thirteen or fourteen different states now that were looking at banding together against the implementation of these executive orders that have been so detrimental already to the energy industry. Do you see any options or uh, a chance of any kind of a class action suit against President Biden at this time, or do you think that's kind of just not not really on the table yet, what how how what is the temperature do you think?
1: well, I, I think that uh, because the impacts are so severe uh, both on 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 states and on jobs and on the private sector and on communities, uh, that uh, you are going to see action. I know that uh, the uh, attorney general's uh, from multiple states are in conversation with each other, uh, you know, exploring different avenues. I know that certainly the governors, I've talked to at least a dozen uh, other uh, governors myself in the last uh, few weeks that have uh, also been, uh, you know, dealing with these situations and are willing to uh, work together and to uh, collaborate to try to figure out a way to. Ah, uh, navigate and push back where we can. and And so again, I, I think uh, we'll uh, we'll' we'll continue to see the uh, uh, <clears throat> some some progress, I think, uh, from the standpoint of the states really uh, uh, getting aligned under these new threats, which are endangering American uh, energy security, and they're endangering the jobs in our states, and they're they're also uh, impacting uh all of the you know again the hardworking americans that that uh you know have to get in their car and commute every day so we got a lot a lot of positive things that we can keep fighting for and i'm confident that uh we're going to uh, represent our states well in this battle
0: Sounds like this is going to remain a very big and important issue, something that everyone should probably be keeping an eye on. I do not envy your position, but um, I'm, I'm glad that there's some good leadership. It's wonderful to see good leadership, and it's wonderful to see, uh, you know, leadership from the different states banding together. Is there anything that you would like to add that you think would be important or pertinent that people should hear about or know?
1: No, I think uh, I think we've covered it all, Jenica. And again, uh, thank you for, thanks for having us uh on the podcast and and I hope you and your family are all uh, all well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And same to you. Thank you so much Governor Bergum. I really appreciate the time you spent. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, you too. Good Take luck.
1: Take care Jenica. Thank you. Bye.
0: All right, friends and listeners, that was Governor Doug Burgum from North Dakota talking about federal overreach, fighting back against executive orders, uh, positivity looking forward, and in general, just keeping that energy industry strong. Going to need to continue looking to see for new developments and updates, but if you liked what you heard, make sure to go and check out the rest of what The Crude Life has to offer.